Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Good afternoon, good evening, wherever you choose to listen to us. Welcome to 11 Pieces of Me, a show where guests get to come on and create a team where it's not always about the best players, just players they enjoy growing up. I'm your host, Ali, and with me again is Ryan. How are you doing, Ryan? Hello, I'm not bad, you? Yeah, good. This is three in a row, Ryan. This is getting... It's getting Chris, scary now, isn't it? Chris is going to be fuming at you soon. going to be absolutely livid. <laughs> uh, and uh, joining us tonight... Speaking of Chris, is is one of his usual guests, Emma. How are you doing, Emma? I'm very well. How are you? Yeah, good. Good to have you on. Oh, it's been interesting trying to do this. I, 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 me and Ryan will both assume it's going to be a fairly strong um, Barcelona contingent here. Full eleven. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is which is good because to be fair, you, you we would have thought more people who had a strong like fan base for a certain club would have been like this, but it has been quite mixed. But um, So it'll be good to see the, the full 11 of, of one club. Um, and as we were just saying pre-board, you're, you're so gutted about certain players not being able to make it yet. <laughs> no, yeah, give it a year and 18 months. Come It'll back. be a totally different team. <laughs> <laughs> Quickly again, we'll just go over the rules. So, one rule. Every player must be retired and make your own formation up. And I hope you've chosen a captain. I have. Right, let's get started. Let's give us your goalkeeper. I mean, I think you probably guessed, but it's uh, Victor Valdez. I could have guessed, but I wasn't sure if he was retired. That's what I was just thinking. I was just thinking, like, you know, with all these players we've been talking about pre-recording, like, you just you don't know how many players are just trying to hang on these days, really. Yes, he's retired. He tried to be coach of one of the Barca youth teams and he got sacked after three months. Ooh. Because he had a disagreement with Patrick Cliver, of all people. That is random. Like, what was the argument about? <laughs> I think one of Patrick Cliver's kids might play for the youth team. Ah. And basically he wasn't playing in then or something like that. Mm. Excellent. So why, so why did you pick Valdez? Um, he is the goalkeeper that I remember most growing up. He's always been present for Barcelona. Um, and on the podcast on Friday, we were talking about the 2006 Champions League final against Arsenal. And we have a lot to thank him for in that game. In many games. And he was crazy. Apparently, he didn't want to be a goalkeeper when he was growing up. Um, that's why he spent so much time trying to run out of his area. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I loved him. He um, 
he was great. I just realised he's be, he'd been at the club from youth for 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 over twenty years as well. Mhm. I actually forgot he went to Man United. Yeah, he was oh, yeah. basically a lifer. Yeah, Ryan Victor Valdez. You must remember a lot of him. Yeah, you know, keeping a lot of Chelsea shots out mainly uh, <laughs> a lot of the time. But yeah, you know, great goalkeeper. I'm surprised. I'm I'm just having a look. You know, role of stats man, as Ross called it. 38. You, you see a lot of goalkeepers these days playing sort of at that age or or beyond. And obviously with his, I say, coaching experience, obviously the lack of or whatever happened there. Uh, but yeah, it's he, he had a, obviously a great career for Barcelona, and it's not a surprise that you picked him really because I guess he, he, especially over the past few years, it's just been 2002 to 2014. He was there at 387 appearances. That's ridiculous. And he won everything in his career. Yeah, which obviously says a says a whole lot about. I mean, if you can stick in the Barcelona team for that long, you're you're going to have a very very good opportunity to do that. But that is that is unbelievable. Did he make I, that many caps for Spain? Is that no? Because there was Casillas. Yeah, right, yeah, that's always. Good. I was just thinking, that of course, it was going to be Casillas, wasn't it? Yeah. I think he got more games during at the at the latter part of his career than he got for Spain. Yeah, didn't by that time. But did he not replace Casillas as number one, maybe for a couple of years? He did a bit, yeah, I think. Yeah. yeah, I remember. I'm sure it was when we had Pepe Reina at the time, um, and I was always that because I always Valdez is actually a much better keeper now, like looking back, than I gave him credit for at the time. Maybe blinkered by me having Reina as our goalkeeper, and I thought Reina was the better goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. But. When you look at over the Spanish career, it's hard to it's hard to argue with the credentials as you say what he. But I always thought he was the weak link in in some great Barcelona teams. But maybe as you say, he was just that that crazy and the, the wanderingness. Um, but he, he reminds me a bit of uh, did a, the goalkeeper for Real Madrid that they just got rid of for Cotfa. Um Kaylo uh, Navas. Yes, yeah. just that bit eccentric, but actually a very good goalkeeper. Um, but they've just got that quite high-profile mistake in them. Um, yeah, he definitely had those in him. Outer. But no, I, I like the pick. As you say, now that I know he's retired, it's quite a, it's quite an expected pick. But it's a good yeah. pick just for the, the madness of him. I did forget to ask, what formation are you going with, Emma? Uh, classic Barcelona 433. 4-3-3, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right, let's take your left back then. I picked Eric Abidal. Nice. Um, because he went through a lot of things at Barcelona. He's now our sporting director, which he's not very good at. <laughs> um, but yeah, he recovered from cancer to come back. And there's a photo of him and our old coach, Tito Villanova, who died from cancer holding the Liga Trophy at the end of the 2012-13 season. And every time I see it, it always makes me cry a little bit. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, um, Danny Alves actually offered a part of his liver to Eric Abidal, but he turned him down. Really? Yeah. Wow. That, I mean, that says a lot, really, doesn't it? That alone, I guess. 
Everybody I, loved him. And he was great on the pitch, too. I forgot it was actually cancer that he was diagnosed with. I remember the the Alves story. Um, I didn't know he had turned it down. Um, I, did, I, I did remember the offering of it, which is quite obviously little bit. He, he just comes across as one of those guys that everybody liked. Mm-hmm. He, I, I don't think I've ever heard a negative, apart from the, the post-playing days, um, mainly from yourself, just about the, the hierarchy at the club sort of thing. But, you yeah. know, no have a bad word about him on the pitch. Like, teammates or opposition. He, um... Yeah, when when he was first diagnosed with the cancer, he um, they you know they wore the t-shirts for him mm. the next time they were on the pitch, and I remember his press conference for when uh, he announced that he was going to leave Barcelona. Um, I think he did, I think he ended up retiring. I don't think he went anywhere else. Not that I remember. Um, but the entire first team squad turned up to it and the manager as well, and sat in the front row of the press conference and cried with him when he said he was leaving. I think that's how much respect he had from everybody in the dressing room. I think he went to Monaco after after yourself. Was that there? Ah, maybe. Uh, I don't know if he went anywhere after that. Um, but he, he was definitely in Monaco for the season. Um, yeah, I'm just having a look. He, he was at Monaco... Went to Olympiacos for nine games and then retired um, halfway mm. through that season uh, for personal reasons. And then, and then, as you said, he became sporting. Was it sporting director? Yes. Um, he's not good. very good. Yeah. Well, what? Why is he not very? Like, what? What about him isn't very good about sports and directing? I think he's having a lot of trouble balancing the fact that he still knows a lot of. He's played with a lot of players in that dressing room. And he, he hadn't handled some bad press very well and <laughs> it made Messi actually make a statement about it. And he doesn't talk to the press. Oh, I remember this. A couple of months ago or something, wasn't it? Where Messi yeah. basically just came out and said, I don't like Abidal or I, I don't like what he's done or, or something to that effect. Yeah, he, he, he was basically trying to scapegoat the players for getting Valverde sacked. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Messi was like, no, <laughs> that's, that's not fair. Yeah, he basically said, he alluded to the fact that the players didn't try hard enough. That's that's never a good that's never a good thing to do. I mean, but luckily, this isn't a podcast about how good they are at sporting, at being a sporting director. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Thankfully, he was a really good left back. Yeah. <laughs> And he was a really good left back. Probably doesn't get talked about enough out, outside the Barcelona circle, to be honest, on how good he was. I think that's yeah. Just... I think he's quite underrated in the world of football. Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, I, I, I'd I guess because the, the time he was playing at Barcelona when, when you guys were at your your peak, to um, well, not peak, peak, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. There was just there was other, would you say, fancier left backs around. Um, obviously, you had the, the Carlos at Barcelona at Real. Um, Malgini would have, wouldn't have been, you know, that long finished. So they, those were the ones that were just talked of. Um, and even going back to earlier, obviously he, he's not even. You had your Lizarazus, and then a national lineup that's still probably more recognisable than than Abidal. Mm. 
um, which is a shame. So yeah, I, I'd agree that he's definitely definitely underrated um, and not talked about enough, um, especially with the, I suppose because of the such football that came after him and with uh, Alaba, 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 Alaba. I get back to them. Um, just it just clicked with that unit right away after him, which is a shame. It kind of almost forgotten again, as I say, outside the the Barcelona circle. Yeah, I think people only really remember him for recovering from cancer and making a comeback. That's what I was, was going to say. Yeah, I think it's probably more about you know if you mention it, it's not how good of a, a left back he was. It was more of a you know what he achieved in, in having you know coming back from cancer and actually returning to football from there. Yeah, it's strange because I, I I'm struggling to pinpoint like a game or a moment to talk about. You know, like we can we we other game. Mm-hmm. Um, just always remember, you know, that's solid seven out of ten. You know, you don't even notice he's there. Type player. It's exactly what you want from a left back, really. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, guess true. unless you're left back, Trent Alexander Arnold. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Like, not quite a key like our fullbacks, but uh, the way our fullbacks are, we wouldn't fit in normal teams. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we build a team around our fullbacks, and when they're not on point, our team isn't, and that's not normal in a way. Um, but your normal defence, you, ideally, you never want to see them. Yeah, and he was really good at that. Yeah. Just doing what he needed to do, doing it really well, not making too many... Horrendous mistakes. I mean, you, you've probably got him on your your, your team, so I'll, I'm not going to make my comparison to that until you bring him up. Uh, <laughs> we'll wait and see. If you've not mentioned him by the end of the defence, I'll, I'll bring this point up later on. Okay. Uh, but we'll move from left back over to the opposite side. Let's let's get your right back in. Okay. Now, I almost picked Juliana Balletti just on the basis he scored one goal for Barcelona and that was in the 2006 Champions League final. <laughs> but I ended up picking Olaguer because he is a cult hero at Barcelona and it's not necessarily for the things that he did on the pitch. He was he was given a, a Spain call-up by Luis Aragonés and he turned it down because he's a Catalan. And now he writes political theses about pro-independence movements and he did that as a player as well and he lost a lot of sponsorship deals because of it he wasn't like the best right back in the world see this is where i wanted danny alvis but (laughs) (laughs) hasn't retired um but i picked him because he's a he means something more than what he did um on the pitch for Barcelona fans. Yeah, um, and uh, like before we go on to the football side of it, like the the Catalan side and the Spanish, I don't think I quite understood it until I met you and spoke to you like through the Friday pod um, and hearing you on that talking about it. I didn't realise how how split it was. Yeah, it's pretty complicated. <laughs> I guess it would be like the equivalent of there being like a UK football team and the Welsh and the Scottish not like mixing with the English, I guess. Well, that's that's fairly accurate, yeah. 
all the rest <laughs> gone. It's just it's just that one one central one. Yeah. Um, but players like Piqué decided that they were going to play for Spain to represent Catalonia and show that they can't do without us. Um, but no, Olega was like, no, I will just play for the Catalonia national team because we do have one. Um, he will not play for Spain and he stuck to his principles no matter what it cost him. Is there any other player, like high profile players that have done such a... Uh, PK speaks out being, about being pro-independent as does Guardiola, but they both play for Spain. But well, yeah, because I mean that's a big decision to make to not play for like, like no, not try to disrespect the Catalonia national team, but there's a Obviously, there's levels of difference there when you're talking about... Yeah, it's not about, a real national team. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit like Scottish national team, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, that's a big that's a big thing to make, especially at a club like Barcelona. Um, to, I mean, to make so many cap, uh, appearances, 127 appearances for the club mm-hmm. um, in five years, which meant he was a fairly regular, you know, appearance maker. Um so to to make that many appearances and basically throw away an international career, because you'd like to think he would have made a reasonable amount of caps if he's, you know... Yeah, he wouldn't necessarily have been a starter, but he definitely would have been in the squad at least. And during that time, you know, Spain, that was when Spain were gradually coming the, the Spain of, you know, what we all know. Yeah, he... Um... Frank Reichardt really liked him a lot and played him quite a lot. Um, and I think he was in the Pep's first year as well. He was knocking around then as well. But then he moved to Ajax for some reason. It doesn't Which add, is a bit of random at the time. It doesn't look like it says why. Um, it look he, just, he signed a three-season deal with Ajax. Um, but it doesn't overly... I think it's probably more. just because he got replaced by Danny Alves. Well, yeah, it was that. You wonder if Rijkaard had anything to do with it. You know, just if he had that influence over him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and just that bit of advice and like where to go next in his career. Because um, I'd imagine there's probably no other club, club in Spain that he would have went to. Um, if, he wanted, no. if he wanted to stay at a, a respectable enough level as such. You remember much of him, Ryan? Not, not really. Not too much. Uh, I'm just having again. I'm just doing my scrolling through the Wikipedia article, and I'm more interested at the um, the fact that he majored in economics at university. Yeah, he did. <laughs> and he's pu- published books in his youth and stuff like that. And that's just that's great. <laughs> it's interesting to see an, an intellectual footballer, isn't it? There's there's not many of them. In 2010, he appeared at a protest in Amsterdam against the Dutch ban on squatting. <laughs> there you go. That's the last line of of his uh, of his Wikipedia article. But there you go. This is why he's a cult hero. Had on the show. What was that? Is this the most controversial player we've now had on the show? There. Wouldn't say controversial. No, no, not for picking one. It's just for himself with his. Is it, with his own beliefs and likes to get in, in 
squat stances and. I'm trying to think. Of the, I'm trying to think through some of the other picks. I don't think. I, I think he probably is probably the one that's I guess stood up to things the most yeah. out of all the picks. That's the right way to put it. I yeah. like it. I like yeah. that. Yeah. But has his own mind. Fair play to re- and I, I think just to reject it in the international court perspective, I think just says a whole lot about him. It's like you know morals that go that deep that you know nothing's going to take that away. That is why he's a cult hero. There you go. Yeah, that's why they show because that's what this this podcast is about: cult heroes. Nicely done. Right, shall we move on to your centre backs? Okay. So I picked uh, Rafa Marquez, who only just retired. <laughs> he was playing in Mexico until recently. He played in the last World Cup as well. Um, yeah, he was incredible. Except, you know, his time at Barcelona was uh, marred by a lot of injuries. Um, but yeah, he won like four league titles with us, the Champions League. He had incredible technical skill and um Passed the ball better than any centre back I've ever seen. Is that, um, is that was that made, is that what made him so like special for you guys? And it was just a great pass, or was that sort of combination of different things? Yeah, it was a combination of everything. He um he was just really classy, if that makes sense. Like that makes sense. he didn't go in for like all the. Um, theatrics and whatever else the dark arts of being a center back he was he was just really classy he just did his job and i always felt bad for him that his career was just blighted by these really bad knee injuries that he picked up like he would have played in the final against manchester united in rome but he couldn't because he missed the entire season um, because he he tore his ACL, I think. I think he did it at least twice. He in two thousand nine during game a semi final between uh, you and Chelsea sustained a knee injury which required surgery, meaning he'd be out for the remainder of the season. Yeah, um, and that, that, yeah, and then that's the final that he missed. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was it was a difficult choice to between him and uh, Gabby Milito, who pretty much like the same had his career at Barcelona Cup by a lot of really bad injuries um, but yeah I, I guess it goes a long way um, how much he's loved in Mexico um, and the fact that he was still playing in the last World Cup and won a title with his team last year before he retired I'm just, I'm just having a look through now and it's like yeah, he played up until very recently. I'm I am almost certain he's retired. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, he's definitely retired now. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I think he's. I think as you said about the World Cup, he he travelled to five World Cups, becoming only the fourth player to do so. That's insane. Yeah, I think he was. 
at one time he was the most he had the most um appearances in La Liga for a non-EU player. And he was the second top scoring Mexican in the Liga behind Hugo Sanchez. <laughs> <laughs> As a defender. Yeah. And that's not many. You only got nine goals according to this as well. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a worrying start, that one. It's not really saying some stuff from Mexicans in La Liga, is it? But, yeah. Still more goals than Torres got for Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> it costs 50 million. So. <laughs> We're all good. Don't bother me. <laughs> he got that one. He got that one, exactly. <laughs> he, he had a, a fair lengthy career afterwards. I remember at Red Bulls, when he was we on, on Rhea, I believe, he was there at the time. Um, the, the few scenes he had there. I, I do remember at the last World Cup, because um, he must have been about 38, maybe? Mm-hmm. Which is... I suppose, but now that he's playing in defence, um, but yeah, he, I'm sure he played some games in, in in midfield as well, which is obviously where the passing ability and, and just that calmness on the ball, isn't it? it just yeah, he just has like this aura around him. Yeah, oh, well, well suited. And very one of those players that stands out as well. You know, it's just he's got that look about him. Um, he always... He's also quite underrated, actually, I think. Probably because of all the injuries that he picked up. But he's like a national hero in Mexico. 147 caps for the for your national team is always going to be... And, and Mexicans are so proud of their team as well. Mm-hmm. Very... Um, but as Ryan says, I mean, to play in five World Cups over your career is, is, is some feat. Any more on Mark Ryan before we move on no, to? I think, and, no, uh, nothing else. You, I think you, you guys have both said a lot about him. It's, uh, I was just having, I mean, he definitely didn't enjoy his time at uh, New York Red Bulls. That's for sure. It looks like he said, <laughs> it, 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 in you know, a bad decision, the worst decision he ever made in his career. So, you know, that's a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who's Thierry Henry? Right, Emma, let's get the other centre half. Can you guess who it might be? I, I can, yes. Ryan, can you? I, I can probably guess, yeah. <laughs> but go for it. Carlos Boyle. Yes. Yes. That is what I was talking He's also in. the captain, by the way. He's also your captain. Yeah, of course he is. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Wasn't really going right. to be anyone um, else, really, was it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what can you say about him? He was incredible. He was... He embodied the passion and the commitment and the presence. He had a lot of pride in playing for Barcelona and everything that it represented. Um, He used to say uh, that he didn't really think of himself as, like, the best defender in the world, but he tried to make up for the things that he lacked by throwing everything he had into it and leaving everything on the pitch any time he stepped onto it. There's a story that um, he he got an injury in training and he, he dislocated his elbow. Um, and he was furious 
that they wouldn't let him play the day after. Um, he's an agent now Uh, and they've offered him jobs at the club but um, he's always turned them down because he's not ready for things like that yet but yeah he was he was just a true leader yes 100% I'm glad you said the the quote Uh, I didn't realise he had said that because I always feel I'm being very cruel when I say he wasn't the greatest of defenders he wasn't, no. If you look at natural ability, no, he didn't. But the the what you need in a defender, the the hard work, the 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 bravery, the, the leadership, uh, he had more more than the average person. Um it's why he succeeded so long for Barcelona, for Spain. Um he was only oh, he was less than six foot anyway. Um and he played set off comfortably. Uh, he, he looked, he looked big, as per se. You know, mm-hmm. he didn't look like Cannavaro was always small, uh, as much as he dominated, being so short. But you, you never felt Puyol was small ever. Um, I just thought he was a player you just couldn't hate um, as much as I've never been a fan of Barcelona, um, and I never will be. But he's one of those players that you can't dislike. Um, you would want him in your team. Yeah, he was just honest, and I, I mean, I, I, I don't get me wrong. I love the the dark side of it as well. I, I love the Ramos type as well. Mm-hmm. But who always just that? He's he's the man who you probably want your son to grow up to be. Sort of thing. Just that. Yeah. I don't know. That honest, hardworking. Makes the most of his own ability. As we say, not the great defenders, but would you have it in your team? Absolutely. You can put up better defense yeah. ability-wise, and Puyol will actually improve him. You would go to war for him. Yes, uh, that's that's a perfect sentence. Yeah, um, and I think that helped in in Barcelona, who especially in the latter years went on to have such a nice or pretending nice team mm-hmm. he he was that warrior you know he was your he was the one that was going through it all especially in the in the the Madrid games mm-hmm. mainly because that's where you know he shone a light um, and made himself bigger than anybody else on the park yeah he um I read a I read an interview with him where he said that he made that dressing room that he was in, they made it like a brotherhood. Mm. Um, and that got them through a lot of difficult games because even and even off the pitch, they were always there for each other. Um, and that's something that we don't have anymore. And it's not something that when he retired, it's, PK tried to fill that place, but he he can't. It's just not something that you can replace, and we still miss that to this day. I think. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're preaching to the right choir here with, with Ryan and myself. When you look at our own clubs as well, obviously with you, Ryan, with the with the Lampard, the Terry, the Drogba, you know that that group, um, and then obviously with the Gerard, the Carragher. I, I guess most teams have probably had it. 
you know, where you have those cult hero type players. Um, and when you lose them, it's very hard to replace, or it'll take a long time till the next one comes along as such. Um, before I pass, let you speak, Ryan, on this one. My, my comparison with Abadal that I told you I would manage to bring back up was was perfect for Puyol. You know, he was that he 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 wasn't flamboyant. He wasn't that. You know, he never got caught up in any controversy. He was just that solid player. You know, you barely noticed him. Um, unless you had to, and it, it's the perfect, perfect mold for a defender. That's what I want from my defenders. That's <laughs> basically why I picked them all because they were all fairly unassuming. Um, they didn't make too many mistakes, and as a Barcelona fan, with the defense being like, <laughs> ever since I was a kid, it's been like a weakest area. Um, I just don't want, I just want them to be solid. I don't want them to be flashy. I don't want, you know, any unnecessary trying to do stupid skill and giving the ball away. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I cried when Boyal played his last game. Yeah, I, I, I am not ashamed well, of that. Boyal for you, Ryan. I, I think everything you said is, you know, perfectly good uh, and there foremost I think the biggest thing as you said is the leader aspect and you know in terms of being that solid defender that you could just put in there and trust and protect your your goalkeeper 100% you know he yeah, definitely not flashy but did exactly what he needed to do to stop anything from getting anywhere near to the goalkeeper really but it's just that you know he was that voice in that entire team and whenever you, you saw him in a game, he was directing, he was making sure that everyone was doing their job. And then you can imagine, as you said, Emma, you know, in the um, dressing room or whatever, he'd be in there. Probably, you know, if they were playing bad, he'd, I can imagine he's the pro- probably the type of guy to have a go at him or sit him down and actually get set it straight almost. And, yeah, I don't think there's much more you can say about him, but, you know, fantastic leader. And it's something, that, as you said, Ali, that, you know, a lot of clubs have, have lost over the over the years um, because players like him don't come around every day and there's not that many players like that leader anymore really around loads of different clubs the, my favourite video that ever goes about with Puyol is the one just his fair one where he's you know players are trying to bitch to referees about throw things being thrown on the park or things happening and he's like pushing away like move get on with it um, he just wants the game played, no contact. So he just let's just go on it, you know. And and even like, I think it was one of the videos against Madrid, you know, like there's something getting something happens, and a, and a Madrid player could be booked or sent off. But he's just like, no, let's move, let's just, you know, that just that mentality is just, it's definitely the he's the last of a dying breed. It's just right, you said, right. There's not many players coming through like that anymore. Um, and the more and more of the the coaches of that era who now get, you know, sacked or forced to quit for the whole bullying aspect, um, you'll you'll never see players like that anymore either because they're just they're too soft now. And it's it's really um it's gonna be a really rare thing that you get a player who has such a personal collect uh, connection to his club 
and doesn't leave that club because he spent his entire career at Barcelona and he didn't want to go anywhere. Well, I think he thought about leaving once. There were always there were always rumours going around that United were after him or he was going to go to United at some point. And um, Barcelona like, yeah, that and, materialised. And... Yeah, he he said that he couldn't quit. That he he had to stay and fight for his place. Um, and because there's so much um, money and loyalty isn't the same. In football anymore, for what it was when Puyol was coming through, there are going to be far fewer of those players who stay in one place. I don't think we'll see one anymore, to be honest, Emma. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, even like going back to, to Liverpool, you look at Trent, Alexander Arnold, obviously well known diehard fan, but I still don't see him being there for his whole career. Yeah, he'll end up at Real Madrid at some point. Yeah, some something like that. Um, maybe maybe not in the any years coming, but you know, I mean, he's only what twenty one, twenty two, maybe seven, eight years down the line. Like you know, once he's been captain or something like that, um, just giving it a shot, or even just even at the latter part of his career, you know, the way Gerard did. I just mm-hmm. that one team club from anyone, not this generation. It might come back again. Football always goes in circles, as we know, but. Yeah, it's just it's hard to see unless you go down to a lower league team and you've maybe got you know a, a lesser player that nobody's going to really look at and he's just a fan of that club. So why would he move when he's not going to get much money elsewhere? But at the top of the game, there's far too much money involved, um, far too many manager and and even owner changes nowadays. Um, that yeah, that's a, I think that's a thing of the past in our lifetime anyway. Yeah. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Shall we move on to the midfield? Yes. This is really hard. <laughs> <laughs> We've had a lot of good midfielders in the past. I thought you only had three. What, three good midfielders? Yeah, ever. <laughs> ever, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going to pick one of them right now, and that is obviously Xavi. Yeah. I don't know how I could pick a team without him. Um, what can you say about him? I mean, he was everything to our team. He was, he's a very humble guy. He's really unassuming. Um, but the intelligence that he has, um, the movement, the passing, he was like, five moves ahead of anyone else on the pitch. He, he saw things that other people didn't. Um, he had amazing awareness. Um, he won absolutely everything. And we say that um, Puyol was the heart of our team, but Xavi was the brain. That's a really good way of putting it. I, I can't disagree. I'm sorry, I can't agree more with you, really, because uh, you know I think the five steps ahead thing I think is is so bang on. Um, and you, whenever he picked up the ball, he, he just instantly knew where he needed to get it to. Be it you know taking the touch and, and moving it on, or just moving it on instantly. And I always think of the brain and also the engine. If that makes sense, sometimes where yeah. I think he just 
everything almost went through him, didn't it? It was. Yeah. You knew that a move wouldn't go anywhere unless he had the ball at some point in that move, and he'd be almost directing that traffic. And I think we, we talked about it in a couple of times about in the part about players who were almost like the quarterback from American football that would be, you know, the heart or you know that that part of the team where mm-hmm. every move would go through them. And Xavi was just perfect at it you know no matter the setting be it international club or whatever he was just able to pick a pass from anywhere to anyone and it was great to watch I uh, I still can't believe he never won like a, a Ballon d'Or or something especially in 2010 how important he was in our team uh for the club, but also how important he was for Spain winning that World Cup. Who won it in the book? No, he didn't win it. He oh, came. Sorry. I think he came third. Unfortunately, I think the Ballon d'Or is—it's very I mean, sort of particular to certain a, players now. I, I, yeah, and I think I don't think it, he cared about it. No, but I think Xavi's role, I guess, is is a role in in football that has always been underappreciated. Yeah, it's not very glamorous, is it? It's not. And you look at some of the players that, I guess, have have, have tried to emulate that position or emulate Xavi over the years, and and it's all work that gets done and doesn't get that much appreciated unless it's coming out with, with assists or goals, you know, unless you're, you know, perfectly getting assistant goals every other game but in terms of sitting almost at the base of that midfield and, and making sure the ball gets to where it needs to go you know, it's very it's a very selfless role because you're probably not getting the assist you know it's probably coming from someone else you know someone further up the pitch so unfortunately you know I think that's just the Ballon d'Or is all about that flashiness especially you know, over the past sort of 10 years or so mm-hmm. I remember um Somebody sent me this thing, which is in one of the newspapers in England that was um, the 50 best players in Europe and Xavi. And Xavi. (laughs) Yeah, and I've never been more angry at anything (laughs) in my entire life. Like, I don't... How could you disrespect him so much? He's incredible. Yes. By my, I wouldn't even say it's a negative, but I would say it's maybe why people don't give him as much respect as as he probably deserves. As people, I don't think people look at Xavi or Iniesta as a one. They kind of come as a pair. Uh huh. Um, and I think maybe that's why he didn't get the individual award credits as he probably deserved. Neither did any Exactly, because I feel they just come as a pair. And I don't know how, I mean, we'll never know um, how well they would have worked with others on a regular basis. They just had a such, they just worked. You know, it's just that, you know. Perfect partnership. If there, were ever, if there was ever a perfect partnership in the modern era of football, especially how quick it got, and you know that team that that Pep made. Um, I mean, you can even add biscuits into it into the three because that mm-hmm. team was was almost perfect. Um, and and if it wasn't perfect, you know, I don't know what 
made perfect. Um, it, it was that's what everybody wanted their midfield to be like. Um, even for even at Liverpool before you got Mascarano of us, we wanted the Mascarano, Alonso, Gerrard. You know, as that three mm-hmm. to, to replicate you guys. Um, it, it was just and and so I know it does sound like it. I'm being harsh, negative on Zabi, but I do believe that's what people may may have looked at. I mean, the minute Messi and Ronaldo come up, the Ballon d'Or became a joke. Like, yeah, absolutely. Because there's been years that both those guys have won it, and that's for both of them that they haven't deserved to win it. They've just scored the most goals. Yeah, it's a PR contest. Absolutely, yeah. Um, well, that's why I take no care, really. You know, if one of your players wins it, great. If not, oh well, whatever. Um, but Xavi's just, you know, he's just football. You got no controversy around him. You got no, you know, no dark art. No, no, just got them all played football. Rarely misplaced the pass. Rarely lost the tackle. Always in the right place. Just as I think Ryan says, everything Barcelona did went through him. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually to any stuff for then somebody else to score. But <laughs> it, it, it was. It's, I mean, we mentioned it all thought about any Esther obviously still playing, who who quite clearly would have made your team. Um, oh, he's my favourite footballer of all time, so I'm disappointed he's not just retired yet. <laughs> he's one of mine as well, purely on the, not for your club stature, um, for the for the Spanish team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I loved the, the Xavi Iniesta, the Obviously, Alonso played. Um, Torres and Villa. It was just such a joy to watch. Um, and Iniesta was obviously key during all that. So I think, yeah, he'd probably sneak into mine as well, Iniesta, when you're talking favourite players. But um, I do think they, they obviously have to come as a pair. And I would have been interested to see them separately, um, just to see how it would have, how it would have worked. See, yeah. you know, pairing with somebody who maybe wasn't on the intellectual level of him. Um, obviously, Iniesta was there, maybe even better as a footballer. Um, so that that was just the golden era for Barcelona, wasn't it? That's just an absolute joy for you guys. Yeah, it was um, once in a lifetime, never to be recreated. Perfect set of players. Mm. And it- they were the big part of it. I guess you, you also had a, a big influence on, on other players as well. I mean, if you look at someone like Fabregas as, as an example, he's, I guess, he's a little bit of a merge of, of Xavi and Iniesta, but, you know, obviously you know, we would have played with those with those guys uh, for you anyway. But I guess, yeah, that's, did. you know, that's the thing where I guess Xavi and Iniesta would have influenced players like that. And there, there'll be players all over the world that will be you know, yeah. influenced by Xavi and, and or Iniesta, or, you know, or both. So I think it just says a lot about not only them as players, but also them as influencers for a, a new generation of players. Definitely. I'm glad you mentioned like all around the world. I mean, when Wiltshire and Ramsey first came through the Arsenal cell, you know, that was the big comparison, wasn't it? I mean, they never obviously reached those levels, but when they were both young playing against Barcelona, playing against Iniesta and Xavi, um, and one of the Champions I don't know if it was a group game or it was a you know, the, the rounds after the group, but Ramsey, and that's what the big comparison was, Wiltshire and Ramsey. Um, obviously, they never, they never got anywhere close to it, but 
So it was even in England, you know, players were trying to base their play around those guys because they are such influencers. <clears throat> There's just midfielders in the world who people want to be your your Lampards, your Gerrards, your Iniesta's, all different players, but they just influence so many people in the world. And whether we get, as you say, Emma, it's a once-in-a-lifetime, um, as I say, football goes in circles, so you never know of a club down the line, but it's allowing players of that height and like slight build who gives them chances nowadays. That, that's It's needed yeah. enough to take the chance on a player because... Let's be honest, Ryan, those two players with the same ability come through in England, they're probably not getting games. No, well, absolutely. Who do we want in next, then, Emma? I picked... uh, This is a really sentimental pick. (laughs) (laughs) I picked Michael Laudrup. Nice. Because when I was growing up, he was my dad's favourite player. Um, and my dad, when he used to take me to come now when I was really little, he always said that I should watch him play because it would make me understand how football should be played. Wow. And yeah, I'm trying not to cry. <laughs> Take it um, yeah, he... When I see clips of him, it just always makes me think of my dad and how much my dad loved him. Um, and yeah, I was I was born in a hospital near Camnow, and my dad used to take my mom when she was pregnant to with me to Camnow. Hmm. Um, and he basically raised me uh, to inherit his love of everything. Barcelona. And I remember um, how much joy watching Michael Laudrup play would give my father. So I had to pick him. And he was also pretty special, you gotta say. <laughs> no, he was, wasn't half a bad player. <laughs> yeah. It's the same name of the Real Madrid, ruined it, but. <laughs> we'll just, we can skip that bit, it's fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Michael Oudra for you, Brian? Uh, not too many memories, a little bit before my time, uh, in that sense. Uh, but, I mean, just looking through the stats now, I mean, he's a legendary name anyway. It is, it, you know, it's not like it's an unknown player out there. Um, and you just look at his stats in terms of the amount of appearances he made. And he's had, he stayed almost at the top for a, a long time as well. I mean, yeah, hey, hey, Real Madrid, whatever, you know, but, you know, Lazio, Juventus, Barca, then Madrid, I think... That says a lot, really, about him as a player that he was able to to stay at a lot of those top clubs for a while and get a decent amount of games at each club, uh, especially in the. I mean, Wikipedia only shows league games, so for Barca, you know, 167 league appearances, I think, says a lot anyway. But to also have 102 for Juventus is also a good is also a big thing. So, yeah, not too much to say from my side. Um, I mean, great pick, um, I mean, obviously. The reason Living Places of Me works is because it doesn't have to be a player that you've necessarily seen a lot of or anything like that. But obviously, the sentimental reasons are absolutely like great. It, it, uh, it, that makes it a great pick from that sense. 
it's, it's a great pick. Um, it's only the third time he's ever been picked. Um, really? Yeah, it was a surprise. Uh, it was on the very first time the show was ever made. Me and Gav, who used to co-host with me, he's a Barcelona fan as well. Um, so he had him. And I, I I could be wrong, but I am sure he said he's he's his favourite player of all time. Or at least his favourite Barcelona player of all time. Um, it's understandable. And the only other person to have him was our very own Adam. Ah. Really? Yes. Um, I know more of his brother, to be honest, just because obviously he played up here in Scotland. Yeah, he played for Rangers, didn't he? Yeah, I, I don't really, I don't have much memories of Michael playing apart from the the national team um, and watching videos back. Obviously, once you hear, um, yeah, I, once I found out that I had a brother because I, obviously I seen how good Brian was, um, and I got told he was the poor brother, which. <laughs> Made me okay, great. So once obviously YouTube came about and got bigger, and you can start studying football. And you know, as you get older, you're not just a fan. You actually, you're not just a fan of a club. Sorry, you know, you're a fan of the game, um, and that's what made a difference. I mean, that's when I I seen loads of Michael, and I, I realised why people like yourself, obviously the sentiment, or people like your dad, you know, love the player, and, and that line of, you know, that's how football should be played. Kind of, kind of sums them up perfectly. You know, just such a an effortless, elegant player. Yeah, he. I think he had a lot of influence on Iniesta and Xavi as well. His kind of style of play. I think it's quite influential because you know he was a member of Cruyff's dream team. Yeah. Um, yeah, sorry, <laughs> I'm trying not to cry. <laughs> was Michael part of the team with Ronaldo? Uh, no, he left Thailand. Oh, they missed that. No, it's a great pick. I think we should move on though from from Michael Oudrup before we have to before we have to take a break uh, and <laughs> some tissues. Who's your next pick, Emma? Uh, I picked Ronaldinho. How are you not going to pick Ronaldinho? He's crazy. Well, because you're the only one that's managed to get him since he's retired, I believe. Am I? Never. I don't think you might have been, only be the second person to pick him, and I believe the first person picked him while he was still playing, but we let him away with him. <laughs> he's definitely retired uh, because he's in prison. Yeah, so. he's not. I mean, he's playing in prison. You know, is he retired <laughs> from playing in prison? I mean. <laughs> Does prison count? I don't know. He's only been picked one other time since he's been retired, and again that was Adam. Uh, Michael, <laughs> the now Rangers assistant manager, he picked him because he picked a pure Brazilian team, but he was still playing in Brazil at the time. Mm-hmm. The fact that he was the Liverpool under 23s manager, I let him away with it. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Right, come on, tell us a bit about Ronaldinho. He is one of the only players that I can remember getting a standing ovation at the Bernabeu as a Barcelona player. Uh, In 2005, uh, we beat them 3-0 in the Clásico and I think he made one goal and scored two others, uh, scored the other two. And he got a standing ovation from the crowd at the Bernabeu. And I think that's only happened to... Iniesta in the season that he retired, that not retired, left. He has retired. He plays in Japan. Um, <laughs> he was 
incredible to watch. I mean, he could do things with the football that I don't think anybody else can. Um, you got that skill, that swagger, the control, the speed, the movement, the flair, everything. It was a complete joy watching him. Yeah, I mean, before we pass on to Ryan, do you want to talk us about any certain goal in the Champions League? <laughs> oh, no. Ryan, you remember it, Ryan. Yeah, I was, I was going to say I've got a lot of bad memories uh, of Ronaldinho, um, just in terms of, you know, not only goals against us in the Champions League, you know, goals against... England uh, in the internationals, you know, where goalkeepers don't stand on their lines and stuff like that. You know, he's just. But what a player! I mean, I was just having a quick look. I just I saw something about the standing ovation yep. that you mentioned, um, and it was saying this is on Wikipedia, so you know, who knows whether this is right. The the only person to ever get it something similar was Maradona, apparently, um, previously as a Barcelona player at the Bernabeu. Um, that makes sense. But yeah, I mean, that says a lot anyway. I mean, it's very, very rare, especially in a, I guess, a game like the Classico where you, 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 you know, the opposition team is going to applaud uh, the, one of the opposition. But Ronaldinho is such an amazing footballer. I guess from my youth, it was always that, that thing of on, you know, on FIFA's or FIFA Street or whatever. When that came out, it was always, you know, you always wanted to pick him because you wanted to be able to just do the skills. And he was just such a big player for people in my generation from that from that point of view to not only watch and see it, but to also try and do it yourself. And, you know, you'd always play um, with people in the park, whatever, and you, you, you'd always try and do the, all the step, step overs and the flicks and stuff like that. And it's just, no, I don't think anyone will come close to being able to have that influence again, I don't think personally anyway. I don't think there's a player I've watched more footage of. Um, if you look at every bit of footage I've ever watched, I don't think there's a player I've watched more footage of. Um, and that's considering the team, you know, that he played for. Um, just a joy. Um, he's he's the epitome of you. If you want like a young person to get into football, he's who you make them watch. Um, is there more not is you know depending on obviously position you can go into obviously there's better players in the world but there's not a player that you can learn and just enjoy watching um all sorts of goals free kick skill you know he was deceptively quick over especially over a short like yardage sort of thing um just a constant smile on his face um very obviously recognizable you know just be the the teeth in that as well um <laughs> But people notice people notice that thing, you know. He, he stood out uh, the adverts on the TV um, just for anybody, especially my age. Just like coming, he was like the next generation of the, you know the Brazil superstars, um, the football manager signing you always try to get before he went yeah. to, you know, the the Barcelona's and that. Um, I'll always remember him going to Barca from PSG because. I remember Man United fans were adamant that they had him. Um, it just, I don't know. Just he's one of my favourite players of all time. He just, I just think you can't not like him. Um, as you say, the, the standard ovation at the Bernabeu—that's like, that's enough to tell you anything about the player. Um, you can forget about the, you know, the 
the end of the career. <laughs> See where he is now. That's nothing to do with what we're talking about. But uh, just, you know, just a joy. I, I watched him tear, tear Celtic players apart at Parkhead up here. Um, that little flick that he does, you know, and put it, put, put it through our right back's legs and put it back and just, yeah, just one of those players. Just an absolute joy. Um, I can say not enough good things about him. Yeah, he was, he was, yeah, I, I don't, he just always had a smile on his face. Even when the opposition defenders were kicking the shit out of him, he was still smiling. He still bounced right back up and still kept running rings around them. I think that's just because he knew exactly, like, I guess we've seen players in the past that almost like, not like getting kicked, but I guess it shows them how good they are and how much yeah. they're getting under the defender's skin. And to be able to get kicked, just get straight back up again and then be able to, so, you know, you, there's probably clips out there of him, you know, getting kicked down for a free kick and then just like dribbling past someone or something, you know, straight away just to prove a point. Like, doesn't matter how many times you kick me, I'm beating you here. He took a mean free kick as well. Oh, and he took a very mean free kick. But as you know, as I said, bad memories of that, so I try and block that out. So. <laughs> Not that I want you to, you know, remind you of that. <laughs> he, before we move on, he 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 has everything that people think that Messi is as a person. Messi, yeah, I I, I honestly, Messi is no different to Ronaldo. As a player-wise, whatever your personal opinion of the person is completely different. Mm-hmm. Me- Messi's a snide little dick. <laughs> <laughs> he does have that in him, it's true. He, he's, a, he's a prick. No different to Ronaldo. Just Ronaldo looks like a, pench, a petulant child, so everybody hates him for it. Whereas Messi is the little golden boy. Who <laughs> everybody... He just hides it better. Absolutely. Yeah. Whereas Ronaldinho actually did just get up and laugh and smile and walk away, and that's why he's loved. And that's why Me- Messi and Ronaldo could both learn a thing or two on the way Ronaldo was, and they maybe, mm-hmm. especially Ronaldo, might have actually been loved even more. But that, yeah, that's that's exactly those two are just like a, a jump up version of Ronaldinho. You know, they've just added that bit more to the game. They're, they're once in a generation players. Those two, they're disgustingly good. But they're just the next level up from Ronaldinho. You know, it's just that evolution. Yeah. Right, so we move on to the striker, the forward line. Yeah, this is where my late change was. Oh, interesting. <laughs> because originally I picked Henrik Larsson. What a player. And you took him out. I am strong. I did. I took him out. End call, where is it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, who did you replace him with? Ronaldo. I mean, I think that's that's more than fair <laughs> to me. I'd Barson, but never mind. <laughs> uh, Ronaldo played for Barcelona for one season in 1996 to 1997. He scored 47 goals. <laughs> a scary, scary year. He was phenomenal. There, I'd... I don't think there's been another finisher quite like him. No, I think that's fair. It just, he knew exactly where to put it every time. 
and it still breaks my heart that we did not keep him for longer. Do you kind of feel that they were maybe slightly justified just with the injuries? I don't know who who you then got in after it. Not that Ronaldo diminished in any way, obviously, but who did who did you guys sign instead? Uh, I can't remember. I'm just I'm just looking at his stats. Yeah, and he's a because <laughs> he obviously wasn't that memorable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> He's, he's definitely the most complete striker of my generation. You know, he had all. Uh, I mean, he's, he's the most top, he's the most mentioned player on this podcast for obvious reasons. Um, I mean, what he was like nineteen at the time. He was pretty young, um, but he was terrifying. <laughs> he was. He got that pace. The power, the finishing, he could do everything, the way he could just change movements in the blink of an eye, he was he was incredible and yeah, I'm sorry that I uh, I put him in instead of Henrik Larsson <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that hurts me but only because of my personal feelings on Ronaldo. Was um, Larsson in both of our teams? Because he was in, I'm pretty certain he was in mine or he was, or he was an honourable mention on mine he, he was in my second one, yeah. He wasn't in my my first one. Um, I was. I think he might have still been playing in Sweden at the time when he went back to like a player manager role. But um, yeah, if you're gonna like if you're gonna replace him for Emery, you're gonna replace him with maybe arguably the greatest striker of all time. Um, you know, you're, you're not gonna. Argue. I'll take a special player to argue against it. Um, I, I've mentioned it enough. I, I, I was never a fan of Ronaldo when I was younger, purely because everybody else loved him. Mm-hmm. So I went against it. And at the time, when I started getting into international football and football, I, I was a, I liked France because of the defence. Um, so Ronaldo, and everybody had Brazil tops and wanted to be Ronaldo. So it just annoyed me. <laughs> but, you know, you look back now, just think, just wow. It's, just, it's the best compliment you can give him. Um, Ryan mentioned it on one of the previous pods the, the compilation video that I think everybody's seen hundreds mm-hmm. of him just going round the goalkeeper like he's four yards out and he still manages to sidestep past the goalkeeper and <laughs> that's just ridiculous like you shouldn't be able to do that um, you, you've got these six foot five goalkeepers and Ronaldo's embarrassing them um, the game the, my favourite game of all his of all of them that, that always stands out is just that one Against United as well from Madrid, uh-huh. just ridiculous how good he was that night. Um, but yeah, no, if you're gonna if you're gonna get rid of Henrik, yeah, you've done all right, I suppose. <laughs> I'm glad I'm forgiven. <laughs> <laughs> I was just having a quick look through, and, and the fact obviously, yeah, obviously him only lasting one season, um, and I've never properly looked at the I guess the history of it all, um, but you know the Barcelona. Uh, either the yeah the president declared he's ours for life, and then a week later, <laughs> uh, or even the following day, uh, the contract was all over because apparently a lawyer at Barca said the contract is absurd and then cancelled. Uh, basically, yeah. what was agreed was was stupid, and then and then Inter Milan you know broke the world record transfer for him after that point. Uh, but can you I mean can you just imagine almost if you know whatever contract. 
they'd signed for him, it was all signed on the dotted line how how different things would be almost. But... Makes you smile, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Emma. Sorry. <laughs> Thanks, Ali. <laughs> <laughs> If only that could have happened with a couple of other players. You know, in, in the mid-2000s, honestly, life would be so much sweeter. Well, yeah, we signed Messi on a, a napkin from a restaurant. His initial agreement was written on a napkin. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so imagine if someone had lost that. Some The, the chairman blows his nose because he <laughs> blows out in the greatest player in history. Be very Barcelona. <laughs> you got much more to add on Ronaldo, Ryan? No, you... not, no I think we've, yeah, I think we've talked enough about him. I think he's just what a player. That's all I can say. Yeah, I mean, he's going to be in everybody's team, isn't he? Really now, um, unless unless people go club specific, um, if they're like lower league fans. But um, he's just, and th- and this is why when people say like you will never get better than Messi or Ronaldo. I always hop back to Ronaldo because, yeah, Brazilian Ronaldo because we we never thought we'd see MD replicate what he did. Um, and obviously those two come about, so it, it's kind of scary to see what could possibly come next. <laughs> as long as he, whoever it is signs for Barcelona, that's all that matters. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure we've got two people alone on this pod that couldn't disagree any more there. <laughs> <laughs> you love my club, really. Stop it. Ryan may actually like them more than me, and he's got more reason to dislike them. You should, you've should. you got a lot of reasons to like my club, though, Ali. We financed your title win. That's true. So you now, <laughs> you're now on the rip two of the Richter scale out of ten. I <laughs> I think he's like clubs like Barcelona and Madrid, and you know, or what you know, these big. I don't dislike them, but you know, okay, coming up against them in the Champions League, you know, sometimes hurts. You know, I've seen a lot of and, and there's you know one one particular game that I'm never going to forget. You know, the words disgrace, as Dropper would call it. You know, I think, <laughs> but you know, I don't hate the teams. I, I like the teams. It's you know, looking back on those squads from those years, you just think, what teams? I'm a fan I, of football. I, I'm like, I loved no, those squads. No, I hate Barcelona <laughs> more than I hate Man United. Wow, that I, says a lot. You know what? <laughs> and, and like, anyway, you're maybe the first Barcelona fan that I've probably met, and I know, right? So I like you. So you're fine. But for me, <laughs> I, I just, I, I, I've always just believed, and, and it's probably from that. I didn't hate them when I was younger. Like I, I've always been a, not a fan of Madrid, but. If I was to pick it and support a foreign team, it would have been Real Madrid because I loved the kits. The pure white. Mm-hmm. Uh, I loved that growing up. Um, and then obviously the players they had, you know, especially when they went into that Galactico era, um, you, you couldn't help but like them. Um, but You could. Well, you're only looking at two or three teams from foreign teams. You're looking at Real Madrid, you're looking at Barcelona, and Milan and Juventus, and maybe even Ajax, especially for my age, you mm-hmm. know, Ajax were still a team. So you look at them. So I, my 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 first ever kit I ever had, apart from Liverpool, was a was actually a Barcelona one, the Ronald Koeman. Uh huh. Used yeah. to go abroad, and you could buy them in the little box, you know, like fifteen uh-huh. pesetas. <laughs> 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 
Um, so I remember getting like the full kits for that. But um, once, like, as again, I, I started following football and not just just Liverpool. Um, I just I just hated the way Barcelona were portrayed and they pretended to be. Again, it's like my my feelings on Messi. It's just that like Madrid admit they're cunts. Like, let's be honest. <laughs> they do, yeah. They are just that team. Well, Ramos is what he is. He doesn't pretend to be anything else. Um, but I just feel UEFA and FIFA just make Barcelona out to be choir boys and they're far from it. Yeah, I, we definitely weren't choir boys. <laughs> no, but they did that. Mm-hmm. They were portrayed as that. And that, that was the... So, but it's not even Barcelona's fault. I don't like them. It's, it's else. <laughs> <laughs> At least I can admit that. <laughs> That's fair enough. Yeah. I'll, I'll accept that. It's very reminiscent. Do you know what? It's, it's very reminiscent of... It's why people... It's, well, Chelsea got a lot of hate, right? But Chelsea got a lot of hate because they're a horrible club. <laughs> <laughs> they're a horrible you're going after my famous club. Any other clubs you want to go after? Or? There's nobody else here, so that's unfair. <laughs> <laughs> like, at least, like, if you're at least you don't, you just own up to being a horrible club, though, Ryan. Oh yeah, I don't, our flags and we love Chelsea. it. I, 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 even the rivalry that we had in the the, the Champions League, where we seem to get you, is every second game. I, I never hated Chelsea. It was a nice rivalry, but I never hated them because they are what they are. I hate teams like Man City who pretend they're a big team. And they're not. This has turned into one giant rant, hasn't it? Yeah, this is it now. Right, let's, let's move Have on. You sort of just picked Henrik Larsson. Yeah, that's what you, only you... This is what happens if you don't pick... If you say you're going to pick Henrik Larsson then you don't pick Henrik Larsson, this is clearly what happens. You set him off for the rest of the podcast now. Right, right. Oh, right. let's get back to, to, to talking players. Who have we got after Ronaldo? I picked uh, Samuel Eto'o. Nice. Who I will never forgive Pep Guardiola for including Eto in the deal for us to sign Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Pep Guardiola said that he wanted Barcelona to have a plan B, and that plan B was going to be Zlatan Ibrahimovic. And he was rubbish. It was good for like half a season, but I hate him. <laughs> he's, he's massively overrated. Hate him. Eto was incredible. He scored. There was in 2008-9, our front three was Messi, Eto and Thierry Henry. And between them, they scored over 100 goals. Eto was almost a good a finisher as Ronaldo. Not quite, but almost. Um, and I think he is a bit underrated in football as well. Agreed. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you must love him. You play for Chelsea, right? I, I mean, I think I enjoyed I, I loved it when he came because, you know, just looking at he scored nine goals for us in the league, but... They were all good goals as well. Like a lot of the mm-hmm. goals he scored were, were really good finishes. And obviously, there's that whole thing about him being called an old man. 
by Mourinho and then scoring in the in the game after and then doing an old man celebration. Yep. I've got a lot of good memories there from Eto's time with us. I think he's probably underrated because after he left Inter, he then went to where 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 is that? Anzi, yeah, oh, in Russia. Yeah, he went to Russia for a couple of seasons. So I think he, he's probably slightly underrated because of that stint. And then yeah, and then he obviously went to Chelsea uh, for a little bit. But, I mean, just looking through that season that you were just mentioning, he got 36 goals in that season. That is, I mean, ridiculous. For a front three to score over 100 anyway, but for each individual to, you know, contribute exactly like similar amounts of goals, it's just insane. Um, And he was a great player. Again, similar similar thing to Ronaldo, where he knew exactly where to put the ball in yep. terms of into the net to, to beat the goalie or to beat the defenders around him and he was good with his feet as well um, even after when he came to us you know he, he a couple of his goals because I was during this you know annoying lockdown I'll take breaks from work by watching old Chelsea games on because they, they've been posting a lot on YouTube a lot recently and like Sky Sports been doing it so there's been a lot of like Chelsea versus Man United games where he's in his sort of season where he was just beating players and scoring great goals. So I, I loved it. He was definitely underrated, but maybe because of the players that he played with were just more high profile. You know, he's obviously he's a very well-known player, but he didn't really have that, or he didn't come across as the, the flamboyant in the media, which when you think of Sammy Ido, he probably was, but as you mentioned, like that's Messi and Henri as a partnership. Before that, didn't he play with Villa as well? Yes. So, you know, these are guys who are like heroes to Barcelona, to Spain. Um, so he, he's just not even looked upon um, as the same, same, you know, same calibre as such, whereas that probably helped his career because he could just get on and do what he needed to do. I'm glad you brought up that, that season, you know, with the three of them. That mm-hmm. was phenomenal. Um, and then, obviously, when they got rid of them to, to get Ibra. Um, was just, what a mistake. Yeah. Um, just, it was like, like nobody apart from Pep thought that was a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> and he was wrong. It was not a good idea. <laughs> no. Like, and, and how could it have ever been? Like, it's not even... A similar type of player, you know. Well, I think that's the point, though, isn't it? I think that's what Pep was thinking at the time. But he didn't have. We didn't need a plan B. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, he knew who he was managing, right? The whole thing of plan B is when plan A doesn't work. When you take away a, a part of part A to make part B, that doesn't work. That's that's where he's gone wrong. Now, if you kept Eto, so he has his front three, and then has Ibra as plan B, then you're maybe talking about something different. Yep, but, you know, Zlatan wouldn't have sat on the bench, would he? No, definitely not. He wouldn't have been happy playing second fiddle. It, but which, made, which is why the whole thing didn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Again, you can't have a plan B. Like, every club should have a plan B. Um, that's, I mean, that's how you fail as a manager, I feel, if you've not got that, that alternative. But your plan B is meant to be a plan B, which is meant to be different from plan A. You can't fit a person who's, who's a plan B option into the plan A team. Yep. And Pep Regardless is meant to be regarded as one of the greatest coaches of all time. With, with decisions like that, you have to question 
<laughs> yeah, he's not perfect. Yeah, but like that's like there's there's making mistakes and there's like that'd be like putting Messi in goal. You know that <laughs> that's that's a level. You know Real Madrid play Barcelona next week and and Messi's in goal. It's not going to go well, is it? Yeah, like. I mean, don't get me wrong, Barcelona fairly recovered after that. They did all right. <laughs> yeah, we didn't do too bad. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, as you see, just I, I, I totally forgot about that it was a, it was a straight replacement. Um, yeah, he was included in the deal with the money. Just, just craziness. Um, yep. I, I don't have many memories bar that season of Eto. I actually forgot he went to Chelsea um, until, until Ryan, well, you, you and Ryan mentioned it there. Um, but that was at the time. Was that the time that Chelsea were just signing great strikers from every other club? Well, I mean, I said you say great strikers from any other club. He was playing in Russia. I think it was more of a hey, we know who you are. I think if, if Abramovich was probably on the phone going, you need a striker. Uh, what about Shevchenko? Oh yeah, I've heard of him. Eto, I've heard of him. Oh yeah, let's get him in then. I think that's probably what the, what it was. But quick, the one. How did Eto only retire last year? What? <laughs> Again, Ryan, we, we, we discussed this pre-pod, right? Once he left Sampdoria in 2015, he retired. <laughs> because? I assume Antala Sport is Turkey. <laughs> Turkey's not a real football. <laughs> Let's be honest. Yeah, and then he, went to, he was in Qatar, wasn't he? Yeah. In Qatar. He, he, he played for one Turkish side and then left for their rivals. <laughs> so everything I said about not being controversial and hingy, take that back. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so really he retired in 2015. Yeah, um, clearly. But I forgot he went to Everton as well after you guys. Yeah, it didn't last very long though. Yeah, well, can you blame him? <laughs> like, <laughs> He'd obviously seen enough of England. He's like, oh, what? Um, but was he still? I wonder if he still because he's one of his greatest attributes for his pace. I mean, he was quite explosive over that five yard. Did he still have it? You guys, Ryan? Ish, I think. I think that was the whole point. I think that Mourinho was trying to make to whatever undercover journalist he was speaking to at the time that he, you know, he he definitely wasn't going to be beating, you know. A majority of defenders. He'd probably have a good time against someone like Robert Huth, for example. So he did well against Terry in training, so that's why. He yeah, well, that's probably why. It probably made him look better, actually. Yeah. <laughs> He's the first time we've had him on. First time he's been picked. Maybe because he only retired. Say, he only retired about six months ago. So. <laughs> and this is the third show back, so I'm not really surprised. As soon as Iniesta retires, I'm straight back here. By the way. <laughs> We're doing it all again. You need biscuits to retire. You yep. need Iniesta to retire. Messi. You want Messi to retire. <laughs> that PK. You end up having about three or four teams at this rate. Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> One striker left to go. Yes. Yes. I picked someone else who I think is criminally underrated, and I picked Davi Villa. I was thinking this was going to be the last pick. Yeah. I always feel really bad for him because he he somehow always got overshadowed by whoever he was playing with. And internationally, it was always Fernando Torres was there. And 
people always thought that Torres was the better striker, but I don't think he was. I think David Villa was much better. Um, <laughs> I realise Torres played for both of your clubs, so I'm probably very much again. again my, my, my one's here. more of a you know, I, I like him just because. He's good at the goal. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's a great finisher. Um, he had this ability to adapt to playing in from as a nine a, to a, like a, a winger. He could do it all. Like, great finishing, great pace. And his Barca career kind of came to an end because he broke his leg in the Club World Cup. <laughs> Um, and he could never get back in after that because we replaced him with Neymar. <laughs> um, which, yeah, that was a thing. Um, but yeah, I think he's really, really underrated and because he was always overshadowed by, you know, Messi or whoever else he was playing alongside. But usually, especially internationally, it was because of Doris. Yeah, for you, Ryan? I... He, I think you're right. He's massively, massively underrated. He was always that play that you'd you'd look at results and he'd always be scoring. And mm-hmm. I always think back to. I, I'm trying to look through now to see what I can actually remember. But that Valencia team from like when he was when he was sort of on his way, that probably that last season, wasn't that like a really overachieving team? Or am I am I misthinking that? Is that the is that when Rafa Benitez is manager? Potentially, yeah. I just seem to remember Valencia had a really, like, a team that would was over-succeeding or just they'd play such good football. And I think David Villa was a big part of that because he'd just he'd constantly be scoring for them. But I'm trying to think back on some of the other players they would have played with. Um, and I think ultimately a lot of players like this are always going to be uh, underrated because of where they've gone after they've sort of played um in Europe and, and places like that, and they've gone to some clubs which, you know, you wouldn't really want them to go to, like Vite- uh, Vissel Kobe, for example. It's not exactly where you'd want to see see players such as him, you know, really end up. You, you would expect players like him and his ability to finish their careers at their at their clubs, you know, be it, you know, whether it was Valencia or Atletico or whatever, you know, I think that's something that a lot of players miss these days where they play on for too long and it's like you could easily reply, re- retire at your club um, or you know really make a good go of it like there and, and you know bring new talent in and a lot of players decide to play on elsewhere I mean you look at I mean Melbourne City for four games that must have been an interesting fun spell you know <laughs> New York would have been fine I guess but again a lot of these players I think just just under, unfortunately end up playing longer than they need to and it almost tarnishes their legacy a little bit personally anyway the the melbourne one was that oh, he was on, he was on loan was he not yeah yeah i think it was i think as he signed for new york city they probably yeah. the season had probably hadn't started yet started at the time so he played for melbourne while he was waiting on the season to start for new york yeah i'm, I'm almost certain of that so that's the only reason yeah but Villa, I'm so glad you both agree. I, I think he's one of the most underrated, underappreciated players um, of my time. 
I won't go as far as the ludicrous statement that Emma made <laughs> about Torres being less than he is. Um, only because the way I look at it is if you put both of them at their best, Torres is better than him. Um, right, so hang on. Right, let, let, you know, looking at this again, Wikipedia, so never know. I mean, it says Villa is regarded by pundits as one of the best forwards of, of his generation, one of, if not the best, Spanish striker of all time. I don't know if that's a bit too much, but I mean, he, his goals to game ratio is just ridiculous. So internationally, 59 goals in 98 caps, and then let's just let's just have a quick look at Torres, you know. And we know there's probably going to be a little bit, bit, bit of bias in there somewhere. International um, career owners. It's terrible. Yeah, international. yeah, internationally, oh no. He's definitely not got as many goals as Villa. That's for certain. I think even if you say about the things at the peak, though, because I don't even think that's that valid, I think Villa outlasted Torres. the best striker in the world. Best striker in the world? In, in 2008-9, Torres was... Easily the best striker in the world. No, that was Daniel Eto. No, absolutely not. <laughs> what are you on about? The 2008-9 Torres was just, was unplayable. Did you did you win any trophies with him in, in that season, or did he did he win anything? I forgot, I forgot Fernando Torres was a football club. <laughs> I didn't realize. No, I'm just thinking best striker in the world. He, he would have carried his club to something. You'd have, you would have thought. Remember the Liverpool team in 2008? He carried Liverpool. Trust me. Yeah. So did you score all of his goals in vain? In, in vain. <laughs> Basically, well, he carried the team. That's why he left to go to Chelsea because he we broke him. <laughs> we actually broke him and still managed to get 50 million to sell to you guys. Look, I've got you know a bit, I've got a bit of a you know a love for Fernando Torres, but I, I would not say that he was the best striker in the world at that stage. And I would I, say that David, I would always say David V is better. 100%. I think Villa had a, an overall better career, and I will handle it. But I think both of them at their peak, both playing at their best, I would have took Torres over him. I would take I would take Torres at his best, his very best, over Suarez. Ooh, Ooh that's a... And that that one's that one's maybe a biased one over my 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 love, right? Because Suarez at his peak, I thought was maybe the only player to pip Ronaldo and Messi as the best player in the world at the time. Oh, I think uh, I'm, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna tell Jesse about this one. You know. <laughs> I think, oh, she knows. I think Suarez's last season at us and his first season at Barcelona. I think he was the best player in the world. I mean, I don't think he was ever better than Messi, but, <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh, here we go. Choir boy, can't <laughs> Yeah, because Suarez was the choir boy. That's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we turned him into a good boy. He's not he bitten got... anyone. He's he not... anyone. <laughs> That's because he didn't want a move. <laughs> He's you not want you know. people to leave us. <laughs> <laughs> you can't blame him for the first bite. Like, you know... <laughs> Look who he was doing it against, right? But the second one, he just wanted a move. Like, give the guy a break. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, it's like, Villa is, is, is criminal underrated, right? Definitely. Um, yeah, he really Ryan is. made a statement there about his, his spot of behind Pundit. I've never heard a Pundit talk about him. No, neither have I. I've never... I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not the writer of Wikipedia. I'm just I know, I know. 
that's what, it just, that, that statement, that line shocked me because I, I don't think he has talked about it enough. No, he's definitely not. And I think that's the. But I think if you, when you look at his, his his actual record, you know, fifty nine goals in ninety eight caps, ridiculous. It's scary. And I mean, that's how you look at the stats Spain squad at the time. It was always Torres or Villa. They didn't play with two because of the likes of Iniesta and that there. Um, or Torres would be down the middle so Villa could play wide, but that didn't suit the Spain setup. So they kind of, kind of got like. 45 minutes each. You know, one would get 60 mm-hmm. for and one would get 40 and then they would kind of rotate the next game depending on who they were playing, really. Because obviously they're both completely different forwards as well. Yeah. Um, Via was like that far more intelligent forward. Um, whereas Ronaldo, Ronaldo, Torres was that, you know, pure burst, just gliding past players or you know, through ball type type striker. So completely different. And it's just a shame, I suppose, the way Spanish clubs and then Spain kind of um, nurtured it, that 4-3-3, that they both couldn't probably feature together more often because they probably would have made quite a devastating partnership. They would have, I think. Um, yeah, he played with... Um Another ex-Liverpool legend, Fernando Morientes, <laughs> at Valencia for a long time. And they scored a lot of goals together. That's why I'm sure we signed Morientes because of that partnership. Yeah, uh, maybe. Um, because the, we always wanted Villa. Uh, I'm sure Rafa wanted Villa as well to come with Torres. Um, but didn't get him. And then he got, obviously, he went to Valencia after Liverpool, I believe. Oh, no, he was at Valencia before. No, so it couldn't have been. Um, but no, he wanted Villa as well um, at Liverpool, um, but we didn't get him. We got David Ngog instead. <laughs> that's a good, that's a good, you know, replacement what, player. Worked out well. You know, you think Pep got it wrong? Well, <laughs> <laughs> David Ngog and the rest is history. He did. He did score the winning goal against Man United and check the goalkeeper. More than enough for me. <laughs> As you see, right, all, all it takes is one goal. All to it takes is one goal, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Legend status. Right, before we get your honourable mentions, because I'm sure you have a few. I have uh, a lot, yeah. Ryan, would you like to run through the team for anybody that's missed anybody? Uh, yeah, um, and I don't want to butcher any of these names, especially in the defence, so just bear with. Uh, <laughs> Victor Van is in goal. Uh, Oliger, was that uh, Oliger, Oliger, yeah. Oliger, uh, right back. Uh, Rafa Marquez at centre-back uh, Poyal with Poyal alongside who is your captain uh, Eric Abidal at left-back in midfield you've got Xavi Marco Laudrup and Ronaldinho and then up front you've got Ronaldo you know OG uh, Eto and David Villa and honourable mention so far Henrik Larsson <laughs> It's a very attacking midfield though yeah, it is. I think Xavi would have to cover, though. I think Xavi would cover, though. Yeah, I hope so. He's used to having a babysitter his whole career. <laughs> 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 right, honourable mentions, Emma. Who have we got? Henrik Larsson. I can't believe, like, I know we normally just rattle through these, Ryan, but Henrik Larsson, for the level he started at and for us to have him in Scotland, might go down as one of the most complete forwards that doesn't get the recognition out with clubs that he maybe played for 
Because I think he became a hero pretty much anywhere he went. But he doesn't get the recognition he deserves. Which is strange for somebody who's pretty well regarded as a good player, but he's more than a good player, right, Emma? Yeah, absolutely. I uh, I loved him. The 2006 Champions League final, we at Barcelona still called the Henrik Larsson final. Because he came on a substitute and he did the flick on for the uh, equaliser and then basically played a one-two with Belletti and did all the built-up play for this, the winning goal. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he just came on and he changed the game. And when he was at Barcelona, he was fantastic anytime he was on the pitch. And he always seems um, like a really good guy as well. Everybody yeah. everybody loved him. Nobody has a bad word to say about him. And I think that he deserves a lot more recognition than he gets in the greatest of all time conversation. Uh, yeah, I think you sometimes feel stupid for saying that. But he was genuinely the complete article as a player. Mm-hmm. Finishing was phenomenal. He could beat a player. He was so good in the air. Um, he was just a nice guy. Um, I don't know how Celtic kept him for so long. Um, I'm surprised that they didn't try to make money off him. Um, because it was inevitable he was going to go. And they were offered, I'm sure Newcastle, I could be wrong on that, but I'm sure Newcastle offered like 12, 15 million for him at the time. And they turned it down and he obviously ended up leaving for free. Um, but just, just scary how good he was. Um, and it was good to see him get that recognition at a club like Barcelona. I think it, it, it would have been criminal if he hadn't played for, like Celtic are, are a massive club. Mm-hmm. They're not regarded as a massive club to a lot of people just because obviously they play up here. So to get to play at the Man Uniteds of the world, the Barcelonas of the world, I think his career deserved that. Um, but I just wish he got that more recognition. Um, obviously, we're not talking in the likes of Ronaldo, Ronaldo, Messi type, but he definitely should be in that conversation with the Etos, the Vias, the, the Torreses, the, the Drogbas, and, and even the, the Shearers of the world. I think he's up there, if not better, than some of them. I remember him. Um, he scored for Barcelona against Celtic in the Champions yeah. League. Yep. And you could see on his face how difficult he found it. Yeah. I remember and I will always remember that. Yeah. I'm sure it came. the, the goal came from a defensive mistake as well. Somebody mm-hmm. passed it all straight to him. And it was like one of those, like he smiled because he'd scored and then he's like, he was just like, hurt. he was crying inside. He really was. You could see how much it was tearing him up. Have you have you guys seen, I mean, this is my second favourite goal of his, but the goal against Rangers when he puts it through one player's legs, uh, dicks it over a player, defender and then dicks the goalkeeper. I haven't. Oh, I'll, I'll find, oh, I was gonna, I'll put it in the, the WhatsApp group. It's just, it's filthy. Um and the first time I ever seen him play was actually up at St Johnston in my home hometown. And he scored. He, he he's running towards the box. And the cross comes in. And the ball's going on the penalty spot. He he leaps the ground at the eighteen yard box and connects with it as a diving header at the penalty spot. 
and she had everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I always remember when he left um, uh, Barcelona that Ronaldinho said that he was losing a really, really good friend. Mm, I just saw that. And oh. and I think that's a a great testament to him. Um, yeah, and uh, one of the Arsenal players um, after the final in 2006 said that um, people will talk about Ronaldinho and everybody else, um, but Henrik Larsson was the difference in that game. Thierry Henry said it. it was, was it Thierry Henry? Yeah. Yep. And do you know what? Do you know what the following line was? That he could no, I just remember Bar- that bit. He could never sign for Barcelona because of that game. Guess where he ended up two years later? <laughs> <laughs> so, you, so you can take that with a pinch of salt for that man. <laughs> yeah. What's your memories of Larson, Ryan, before we, before my, we get my, my main one was just uh, when me and my family went to Spain on holiday when I was really young. I, I, did this, I was doing this thing when I was young of, of trying to buy football shirts uh, from whatever country I was in um, and as part of our holiday we actually went on a tour uh, of the new camp and when I wanted to buy a shirt for it I went into uh, definitely not an official shop by any stretch yeah <laughs> just a random place on the side and it was like a gold uh, kit yeah. I think it might have been like a third kit or something or an away kit mm-hmm. and I, I instantly fell in love with it and the name on the back was Larson um, and then Again, that, that this is you know says a whole lot about eleven pieces of me, but this was one of the reasons that I I either picked him in my team or was an honourable mention was just because that is my big memory of I loved that shirt like it was <laughs> such a nice shirt and a last one back and then I started looking into last one more I'd obviously heard of him at that point and seen a few bits of him but not truly appreciated it and once I had the shirt I, I started looking into it and, and you know you just think what a fantastic striker and I'll always remember him and, and strangely enough that one shirt and I've ne- I don't have it anymore um, which is really sad but it, I'll always remember like seeing it and buying it and, and him being part of that whole journey Cheers me up hearing people talking about Larson yeah, <laughs> he's a player you feel like only like Scottish fans and Celtic fans talk about you know because he's, 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 he's not talked enough with, because of the great players that Barcelona have had yeah. Um, so it's nice. I love having the conversation on players like last. Oh, just made me smile. It's <laughs> <laughs> not so bad after all. <laughs> we <laughs> love him. He's a hero. Let's, let's run through the list before Rossman for the time of this podcast. Okay. Um, who else have I got? Uh, well, Thierry Henry. Mm. Uh, Juan Roman Riquelme. Oh, what plan. Rivaldo. Romario. Jodie Hadji, <laughs> uh, Saidu Keita, Ludovic Julie, Guy Commendieta, Hirista Stoichkov, <laughs> Patrick Cliver, Luis Enrique. I wonder why people hated Barcelona. Eh? What's, <laughs> what's the kind of players that's, that's not made the Barcelona like favourite 11? Um, that's frightening. <laughs> yep, I told you it was difficult. <laughs> See, it's quite easy. If I was to do like a favourite 11, it's quite easy. We've had so much crap. It's it's it's, it's hard to get eleven sometimes. <laughs> I feel very privileged that I was born a Barcelona fan, and I got to grow up watching these players. 
We, like, we all have faults. We're not going to blame you for that. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I try to compensate for it in other ways. No, it's, it's just some of those players, though. It's just, you know, when you think football and you think, like, George Hadji isn't mentioned enough in this. Yep. Um, He's a little magician. I loved him. Yeah, Clivert's another one. Maybe only been mentioned. I don't think Hadji's ever been brought up. I could be wrong without looking through uh, well, then they've all done it wrong. Kelman's only mentioned once, I believe, um, which is shocking for how good he is, how good he was, sorry. Um, yeah, no, how like has he ever been mentioned? Which is scary. Like, he's, he's frightening. Um, Stoichkov. Um, yep. One of my favourite Mainly at first because of the name. As a kid, you just kind of loved that name. Mm-hmm. Oh, because you didn't see many foreign players playing when you were younger, um, over especially over here. Um, and and you guys basically have had like the who's who of football. Um, so like when you think of the players, like for for me, seeing somebody like Ronaldinho, you know, like if when Celtic drew Barcelona in the Champions League, I I had to go to those games. Yeah. And you, you, fortunately enough, got to see him, you know, on a regular basis, and and that just blows blows my mind. Um, especially when we go back to talking about these players of the of the past as such. Yeah, you know, I could have, I could have even said Maradona. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, <laughs> no, I, I really like the team. I think it's a, you know. A really good, a really good set of picks. You know, you're not doing any sort of weird changes to a formation or anything like, you know, we've seen before either. Um, just to fit people in. Um, you could definitely see it being a team together. I mean, obviously it helps that they're all from the same club in that sense, but you know, <laughs> uh, you know, you just it's a, it's a great team. I really like it. So. Thank you. If you make one alteration to this team and it had a I don't know who you would replace. This is a, with that midfield three. I don't know who you take out, but see if you could have had one defensive-minded one in there. That team would win. If you put all these teams against each other in a competition, yours would win hand down. <laughs> it, I'm but at, at the moment, I think you would need a bit of luck because there's a lot of attacking teams <laughs> that is mentioned. Ah, I, still that, got, I still think you got Xavi that would that almost uh, play yeah. as like defensive midfielder. Behind. I've got Puyol to throw himself in the way of anything. Yeah, that, exactly. With Puyol and Marquez, that kind of makes up for not having the, the defensive midfielder type, is it? I guess. And and your, none of your fullbacks go forward, so they're all in, yeah, yeah. Actually, no, I'll give you that. <laughs> see, I thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to see you plan that deliberately, but let's be fair. Let's go that way. I mean, I did a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Look, whatever you did is more than anybody else. <laughs> no, I, can just, I can just imagine Emma sat there like drawing lines on it, like saying, well, that person can drop back there, that person can drop in there, that person can move up. Yeah, there you go. Honestly, there's a thing um, saved to my uh, notes on my phone, which was updated at 4.15 this morning, <laughs> which is that team. <laughs> This is my favourite thing about this podcast. Forget about like talking about players that mean something. Um, there's a story with Dave that people hear when it's been out now that you're listening to obviously Emma's one. 
Um, obviously, just for the Emma with, with Michael Loudra, mm-hmm. unreal. But like, how serious people take like getting their teams together just makes doing the podcast worth it. Like our WhatsApp group is just getting ridiculous now. Where people are like, I've changed my team again. <laughs> Asking questions about formations and how serious we need to have. Like, people take this, like, this is just a bit of fun, guys. Have fun. But you guys are taking it more serious than, than me and Ryan did when we put our teams together. <laughs> you need to try harder. <laughs> I think if I tried, my brain is so easy. I don't think I'd have finished my team by now. <laughs> I'd still be too many. Like, when I put my original team together, I didn't quite understand the concept of the show. I got told on a Wednesday and we recorded it on the Friday. And I, I didn't quite get it. I didn't realise I had to talk about the players or nothing. So I just kind of put together a team. Um, I, I don't know how much it would it would have changed. It would change now with more players retired. I first done mine four years ago, three years ago. Um, but I think if I had the time to do, like, you guys, I'd be at least a week put my team together <laughs> you just put Fernando Torres in every position though wouldn't you no I'm not like that I'm not kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I picked a team with one Liverpool player in it see I thought about doing that like doing like a a, a team which wasn't just you know Barcelona based, but then I thought, no, that that wouldn't really be true to who I am. So I mean, if I if I would have done mine a little bit uh, later, I guess I would have I would have had a lot more Chelsea players in there because I guess my golden generation of Chelsea players, half of them still hadn't retired at that point. Yeah, true. Um, See, I, people like Czech and Terry hadn't retired. So I did Alonso, Coy, and Torres. That's it. I can't fully remember my team now, but I think there was a lot of players that, again, from my my brilliant like from that sort of 2005 onward season with Chelsea, like there would be so many players that'd get in mm-hmm. that are just retiring now. So you know, maybe in a year's time or something. I don't even have yours, Ryan. I need uh, to. I, I don't. I've probably got it written down somewhere, um, but I'll have to try and remember what it is. Or it, I mean, I could just listen back to the podcast. Actually, that's a smarter idea, isn't it? Well, you might have to do that because obviously Ross is doing the the graphics. Yeah, yeah. On Twitter, so right. Shall we wrap this up here anyway? Yeah. Uh, um, thank you very much for joining us, Emma. And you're you welcome. Uh, anything to plug at the moment? You're not on Twitter anymore, are you? No, no. Horrible place. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a valid point. Uh, are you been on the Friday night show still? Yes, uh, we did one this Friday about the 2006 um, Champions League final, which I picked, obviously. <laughs> um, uh, so I don't know if that's out yet, but it should be soon if it isn't. And yeah, we'll be recording this Friday as well. Yeah, we'll be by the time you listen to this, go back and listen to that. Ryan? Uh, my Twitter is at the Ryan Goodman, and I don't have anything to plug, but you know, that's all fine. <laughs> I know the feel. Uh, I'm at Ali Thompson 84, um, and thank you both guys for joining me. Um, just check out Man in the Post on all social media platforms, um, and listen to whatever podcast is latest in the feed. Find something you like, and if you like it, go back and listen to the rest. 
Um, but apart from that, always remember to keep your man on the post. <laughs>